Good morning. Good morning. morning. Good morning. Welcome to Alexander and Friends. This morning, we are having our show live at the wonderful little location called Honey of a Deal. Honey they of a Deal. They don't sell honey, mm-hmm. but they sell beautiful clothing. Oh, I got yeah, my slacks on today. How's that? All right. And you're modeling that, okay? I am modeling. Oh, yeah. Finest wine. <laughs> I want to thank so much, Paula Smith, for allowing us the permission to come and do our podcast here today because today we have an exciting podcast. Oh. But before we do anything, let's stop for one second and listen to the Pledge of Allegiance with the Clark family. We'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ooh, wasn't that amazing? We still hear it. I can still, my, my blood just goes, oof, we've got the greatest country in the world. Well, this is an exciting morning, and we're going to... Um, Miss Stacy's not here today. She's our co-host. Oh, She's yeah, out they're somewhere. on the beach. They're on the Brian beach. Lewis. They're doing something that mm-hmm. extraordinary, but extraordinary sitting here with us because oh, we have an amazing, what? amazing what? morning. That was a beautiful okay. transition. Yes, 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 yes. And so um, we are going to really kind of take over the show as soon as possible and let this wonderful guest speak yes. because... The story is going to be told, and then we're going to go to a movie and a book. And guess what? We're all going to be right there. Oh, okay? that's right. That's right. But before we do anything, I want to welcome a veteran by the name of Martha Bromar. That she is here. She's a Marine Thanks. Army veteran. Thank Thanks, you for your Martha. service. Thank you. And also, our guest is also a veteran. So thank you so much for thank your you. for being here today. Thank for you. Both. Thank you. So with let's just start real quick. So first of all, I'm Alexandra with Alexandra and Friends. And I'm Marcelle Johnson with Alexandra and Friends. And we have our great producer, the greatest guy the in best. the whole world, the West, Michael Clark. Michael and Clark. He comes Mr. with MC. me from 660 The Answers. Oh, so yes. Thank you so Started much. Started from the beginning. From the beginning. And oh, I thought yeah. one day he was going to drop me off. And all the other people. Oh, producer no, no, no. Did, we got to have somebody to keep you up. <laughs> yeah. We got to have somebody to come on and say, you, you can't do that. Come on now. Let's ride the wheel. Whoa. You know, he takes the wheel on us now. <laughs> so. We always do this. Will, yeah. you take us, will you open our show with a prayer prayer before oh, we absolutely. move on? Oh, absolutely. Thank Father you so God, much. how we thank you for this day. And I'm so excited for the blessings that you have in store for us, for Alexandra and friends, and bringing all these great guests so they can share their testimony. What a testimony we have today here. Get ready. Yes. And we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. And we thank you for everything that you're doing. Bless us and keep us. And thank you for the guests who have came in to listen to our podcast today. And also, thank you for the owner here, for this beautiful building. And continue to bless her to him. And Father, has she blessed so many other people to come in and shop and get the things that they need to him, Father. But we know the plan. And you have the plan as we walk the plan. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Today is an exciting day. Well, we're going to start real quick. We're going to have, before I do anything, Michael Clark knows his family extremely well. They kind of like been together half of their yeah, lives. Yeah, I heard. Not even so, half, more than, more than much that. More than half. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to Michael to introduce this fabulous family because he's the one that made it all happen for me. Okay. Well, you didn't tell me you were going to do that. That's all right. You got it. I'll just be right over here. Hi, everybody online. This is the Summers Perkins family or representatives thereof. And I have known them since I was about six years old. Wonderful. Um, Fell out of contact for about 10 years there and then met back up. uh, I guess it's what's been like 20 years now. Yeah. Since we met back up. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just wild to me. Because yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? But anyway, I've been involved in a small way in their ministry for a mm. while. And I just think it's the most amazing thing that they could possibly do with their lives. And I was privileged to know the story that they're about to tell early on. And it, uh, I tie in there a little bit in the story. So We'll get to that eventually, but this is Candy Summers and Andy Perkins, and everybody say welcome. Welcome. I'm I'm, going to go hit the applause button over there now. (laughs) Welcome. I added the clapping. Well, what I'm going to say is quick, but I'm going to, a year ago, I interviewed Candy Summers on 660 The Answer, and uh, I was so excited about her and her program. I let her tell you all about her program because she has an amazing School and charitable organization Love in Liberia, it. 
And so I'm just going to turn the show over and let them take over. So I'm going to have Ken, little Candy take over and be <laughs> our, 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 our guest, our co-host. How's Why that? not? Absolutely. Well, like Come sure. on on board. Hi, Candy. So Hi good there. to have you Hi, here. Hi, Candace. Thank, Thank you, you guys for oh. having me back. Thank you for bringing this good-looking gentleman with I you. I know, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for bringing, for, for being part of Michael because I, I, I love Michael like a son. Yes. And, and whatever, whatever Marshall and I do for the future, Michael is our future. Mm-hmm. So, and his children. Can't do without him. He is. He's excellent. Can't yeah. try. He is. Can't he's try. that way. So I am the executive director of an organization that my dad actually founded called Best Way. And we have a feeding program in Liberia, West Africa. We also have educational scholarships and a pregnancy support network where we provide clean birth kits and medicine and direct aid to mothers who are in danger during birth. Yes. So that is what uh, my day job is. And one of my hobbies is an amateur genealogist and family historian. And that ties in at some point. We'll get to that. But um, Michael has been the showrunner of our big fundraising event every spring for at least five years now. And he is just, he's always been fantastic. I always know that I can hand it to him and not stress about it anymore. Yeah. So I believe that. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. So that, so what year was it um, that you started? I want I know because I read a little <laughs> bit about the background of this beautiful testimony that you're about to share with the world here. What what drew would have driven you right. to know what your dad was feeling, okay? Knowing that he wasn't fitted where he was for so many years with his family right. that he loves. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna get that straight. Exactly. So tell us. What brought that drive into yeah. you to make that happen for your dad, for what he was feeling? What made you go, you know what, I'm going to check this out and I'm going to <laughs> dig deeper, you know? Yes. Well, I've always loved history. I've always loved my family. And there is a tradition on my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family of knowing your family tree and doing family history research. And... um my great-grandmother Perkins was involved in that as well. But it was about 2010 where I found out about Ancestry.com. And when it, when it all boils down to it, it was love that really drove me. And it was primarily love for my grandmother Perkins because she was orphaned as, at the age of six and did not know her family history. She didn't even really know the details of her parents' death. And so when I realized that I could find out more for her, mm-hmm. that really drove me. And my dad and I actually took a trip in the spring of 2011 up to where he was born. He was born in Warsaw, New York, a tiny little area in upstate New York. And then when he was nine or 10, I don't ten. Know, 10, they moved across the country. So he had been out of that area up into the Pacific Northwest for most of his life. Um, so we actually went on a history trip together. I had found people that were related to my my grandmother, mm-hmm. Shirley Perkins, and I had actually written them letters and said, hey, you don't know me, but we're related and here's how, and I'm going to be there. And a lot of them wrote me back. And so we went and we had um, a really incredible meeting with uh, one of my grandma Perkins's second cousins named Ellie Dwarf, and she brought all these family members in and... Um, So I had this feeling when I started that I was going to go out and find all these family members and they were going to tell me the story of the family. But when we got there, the more people we met with, I found that that I was the one who had the pieces and I was giving the history to them. Wow. And it, it was amazing. Um, just the generosity of spirit that so mm-hmm. many of these people had. And we also met a really wonderful couple, Chris and Michelle Keefe. Um, and he was my grandmother's cousin's son. And they were on their own journey, and we really connected deeply with them. So I found so many incredible people 
during this, and I put together a story for... Yeah, Can, Candy put together a book mm-hmm. of the Jim and Shirley Perkins right. family. Yeah, very extensive. And, and really well done. It's awesome. Yeah. So that history, research trip that we took together, we connected with people and we found out exactly how my grand, grandmother's dad passed away. Um, and exactly how her mother passed away. And we actually met with her older sister, and her older sister spilled all the tea. It was pretty amazing. And so we also reconnected with his first cousin, who he hadn't talked to since they were children, and she had a lot of information as well. So it was very satisfying, and I felt really great about everything that we had uncovered. We answered a lot of my grandmother's questions and learned more about who we were because it's always been a theme of my dad's life from day one, um, figuring out who he is. Yes. And it's hard to articulate what can that I, is can about. Can I interrupt you for just a yeah. question for just a second here when you say figuring out who he was. Okay. So I need to go back to as he, when you say figuring out, was there something different in his life? <laughs> uh, because, you know, here you are, you're being raised by a family. What is his real name? Um, his real last name is Robinson. Robinson. Okay. Yeah. So that is his legal? No. That is, that is his biological, biological family. Family. Okay. So, yes. so we're going to go back and say, th- so he was born yep. and he went home with a different family and the other child went <laughs> home with a different family. Yeah. And they were raised. Yes. So we didn't know any of that. You did not know any of that. But what made you in your lifetime, what started making you think something was wrong? Well, there had to be something. Everything about him and everything about us was completely different from our family. Mm -hmm. His Uh, aunts. Just the way we acted. His uncles. Our interests. Our personality, um, the way that we look, and the way we look, everything is different. So I think a big piece of that, because he didn't even realize how much of that he was, how much it affected his kids and everyone. We were looking around without even realizing it and thinking, well, I'm, I am different from all these people. So, you know, where do I fit? So a big piece of that for me in the family tree research was trying to figure out how, how are we the way that we are? When the rest of the family is so different from us, they're so peaceful, they are so chill, Mm. they are so um, kind, um, Mm. very reserved, introverted, Mm. private, internal Mm. people, so loving, wonderful, but my dad was shorter than everyone. the hardest part for all of them in this whole deal is the publicity. Yeah. And for us, it's no big deal. It doesn't even occur to us but that anything. For them, they don't want their name to be put out there, and they don't want specifics so put out there. What name were you raised with? Perkins. 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 Okay. And it's a just a. I was sovereignly placed in a fabulous family. That's, that's what awesome. I. That is that's what awesome. I was going to ask you. Isn't you know, that that's good? That to know. is I good to know. I grew up exactly mm-hmm. where I should. It was exactly. just that there were quite. I just had. There was something that bothered me. What about them? What about their child? Okay, that child died at six years of age oh, of a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, I read that. Which is interesting because my Perkins dad's older sister died at six of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Would have been the would have been the aunt of the child. Oh, the that child went home child. with the Robins. exactly. So, and you- so uh, there is a. A medical connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh that's, just because you have oh, yeah. that medical connection doesn't mean you're going to get that disease. But it means if other things are in line, that you would be prone to. That's right. Right. So your family, which is you that you were raised with, they were a good family. Oh, mm-hmm. wonderful family. And they took very good care of you. How do they feel now that their child? I mean, just think, their child went somewhere else. And they raised you. Okay. Of my biological, my biological parents died in 2015 and 16. My dad who raised me, Jim Perkins, mm-hmm. died in 2016. Oh. So it was only my mother, Perkins, who was still alive. Mm-hmm. And so Candy and I flew to Idaho to tell her 
Wow. Because you can't just tell. Yeah, your you don't mother, call no. on the phone and say, "Oops, your oh, son was switched you know, at birth." To yes. Sit down and tell oh, her that God. I was not her biological <laughs> no, son. No, we don't do we that. We couldn't. And no. that she had a biological right. son. Right. You know, at the same time, so we sat there and told her the story, and she wept lightly while we were telling. Ooh, oh my God! Wow. But when we finished, she said, "Isn't God good?" That was her whole reaction to all that stuff. And she showed so much love and passion to the Robinson family that the families have really, um, I mean, my sister Sally and her husband went to Idaho and visited with my mom, you know, who was the mother of this child that they remember burying. And so the families, 65 years later, wow. Still mourn that child. Yeah. Yes. yes. Which, you know, he was very, very well taken care of. Yeah. So you were highly educated by the by the Robinson family. I it's guess. Perkins. 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 I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Perkins family. Mm-hmm. And they took very good care of you. Do you have other brothers and sisters? So it's interesting. In both families, I'm the oldest. And then. And the cutest, right? <laughs> next down is, is my brother. And the shortest. My brother Sam and my brother Doug, and then my sister Miriam and my sister Sally, and then oh my, God, my brother Brian family. and my brother Tom, and then my sister Lisa and my sister Priscilla, just almost exactly the same ages. Right. It, but I was the oldest one in, you know, in both families. There were so many parallels. So finding out all that information and it was hard information that we found out on that research trip in 2011, but I was calling my grandma Perkins every night and telling her what we found out. We found out that her dad um, was hit by a car and died. He was protecting a friend, but they were probably there drinking because he was an alcoholic. We found out about her mother's suicide and some very big details of that. And we were calling and giving them updates. And she was just so thankful to have that information about herself because she had pieces missing and she didn't know. And and she was so thankful to know where she came from because she grew up not knowing all this stuff. Exactly. It was hidden from her. And so that paralleled for my dad a lot when in 2020, I finally realized and put pieces together that had been kind of forming for a while now, she had given me a DNA test for my birthday, and it came back. I wasn't related to any Perkins. But it was it wow. was a lot more complicated than it was. that because it took me four years to actually figure everything out. Oh. The thing about doing the DNA test that people don't tell you is a DNA test is like um, when you get the results, it's like having all the pieces to a puzzle, but you right. don't have a picture of what the puzzle looks like. So right. you have to interpret that data. Interpret that right. data. And if you have a family tree that you have built, then that's like having a picture and then you can take these pieces. Well, I had a very well-developed family tree for the Perkins family. And she's very strict in her research. You can right. tell. I, when I interviewed her the first so time, good. she's very yeah. strict, yes. Well, you're listening to Alexandra and Friends today. We're coming from a Honey of a Deal boutique downtown Carrollton. Please stop by and do some shopping. Their shop is coming to an end. They're 28 years here in Carrollton. Wow, congratulations. So we really, really appreciate years. their giving us the opportunity. Also, don't forget, the Old House Barbecue, our sponsor, Mr. Jose Guillen. Thank you so much. We'll hey be right everyone. back. everyone. This is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located on Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com, and we are the proud sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. Thank you, Mr. Gillian. You're the best. Yes, so, you are. So I want to go back, Andy, for just a second, because in my mind, I'm thinking, so parallel, so I want to look at looks. <laughs> so what... The, the looks of the, of the families, what was the difference? Are they taller, smaller, uh, lighter, darker? What was the different effects that you started feeling mm-hmm. that, that was something that caught you more than anything else? Because yeah. I remember on my first interview with you, that was a subject we talked about, and I was so excited. We've been waiting almost two years to bring him <laughs> on board. But that was something that kept me so... Something has had to be different. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the feeling, and how did you start bringing this feeling to, towards the top? Right. So it was a joke in our family his whole life. 
that he looked different than the rest of his brothers and sisters and his parents. And as I searched in the family tree, I, would, I found several ancestors that we were like, oh my goodness, this looks like him. So this yeah. is where it comes from. Yeah, and that was we were a big driving part of that. An, an, looking for any someone that, that looked, looked like anything me. like him. Which really, <sighs> looking back at it, uh, any any man with white hair, like, oh, there it is. A, <laughs> yeah. a man with a full head of white hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a big thing because his, his dad that he grew up with and his brothers all were balding a little bit. And he was the shortest one out of his brothers, even though he was the oldest. He had a different complexion, a more pink complexion. Um, my grandma Perkins, even when she passed away, did not have gray hair. Her hair was still blonde. Um, so there were just all those things. But also just the way that he carried himself was different. He I is think. very energetic, out- outgoing, and, um, you know, they were not like that. And so even for me growing up, looking around at my cousins, looking at my grandma, looking at my aunts, I didn't look like any of them. I looked like him. So I was like, I don't know. Something's not coming on. Yeah, but it was so subtle. And you don't grow up, oh, I look different, so I must. Exactly. Exactly. You don't. Even when I was looking at DNA evidence, Mm -hmm. I was like, is this even real? Because the the conclusion, the only conclusion I could ultimately come to when – he wasn't getting DNA matches on the family members that we knew. Yes. He was really to on both sides of his family. Um, the only conclusion I could ultimately draw was that he was switched at birth. But I was like, that's ridiculous. That's when I want to hear the switch at birth. Yes. I don't know if I had a chance to go through that when she came to the studio. Right. But mm-hmm. I wanted to see if you would speak more about that switch. Which on birth? What was you told? Yeah, Candy. What was your mom told? What was your mom told? To today. Yes. Uh, what? What? Oh, how? What's? What? It, what? Somewhere? Somehow? Somebody's responsible for this. That's right. right. It changed your life. That's Whether right. Whether you had a good life or not, you don't know how the other child. You you really don't know her then. But think about this. There's circumstances. So we got to go back. Mm-hmm. to that stage mm-hmm. where you were born, mm-hmm. what happened, and why did it happen? Because if it happened to you, <laughs> it happened this to is so many other people. This is why it's so important a book and, and dates and times have to be because if it happened to you, there mm. could be some other people. Uh, so, absolutely. So where, how you were born, and what happened? So he was born at Warsaw Community Hospital in Warsaw, New York, in September of 1949. We still don't know the details of how this happened. But we do know from the newspaper that there were a lot of babies there. It was a small hospital. They had 11 babies in a week, and mothers stayed five days. Right. And so um, one of the biggest surprises on this is that he actually doesn't have the birthday that he was born with. Oh, Um, you kidding me? (laughs) So September. I'm like the queen. I have two birthdays. He has two birthdays. Wow. So he was actually, his whole life, he's been celebrating September 13th as his birthday. And we have his birth certificate, his little footprints, his mom. And that was one of the things, because he grew up feeling like I had to have been adopted because this family can't handle me. And there's no one like me in this family. And, but he had the, the birth certificates right there. His mom has all these stories about how, you know, how he was born and his birth and all of that stuff. So... Of course, it doesn't occur to you that that's even a possibility, being switched at birth. Wow. So are those but, footprints the correct footprints on the no, birth certificate? No, they're not. My birth so certificate has oh. all his information, and we have both original Philip. birth certificates. Right, so we have both original birth certificates. Come to find out, my dad was actually born around 7 p.m. on September the 12th. Oh my God. And then Philip was actually born around 7 a.m. on September the 13th. So at some point early on, we don't know for sure when, those two babies got mixed up and went home with two different families. Wow. You're listening to Alexandra Friends. And, you know, you get to know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm just just like to make sure people know where they're listening. to know its mother in the womb. Oh, come on now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. then to be taken by... Another family and taken home. Yes. I was a very fussy, difficult baby. But you're not with the people 
I mean, you're, you've been ripped away. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. Because the baby knows their mom. They do. Yeah, we know the field. They call it. Yeah, the field. We know the field. You yeah. know, and so when you come out, you expect that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, you know? too, is he was with, there's no way that they would have switched a 12-hour-old baby with a one that was just That's born. born. So it, he had to have been with his mother for at least a couple of days before oh. the switch was made. Oh. So let's go back here. So what, so you went, have you, have you been to that hospital? No. <laughs> So that, you, that was actually the last few births in that hospital. They built a new They built hospital. a new one after. So do you go, can you go back to 1949 and ask for all the documentation? Have you done that? That so is far? in process. We actually have an attorney that's working with us. So we, so we can't really talk about talk a lot about, of that. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. We got you in that. Got you. So so that you were raised, you went to school. So tell us a little bit about your life as you uh, as you progressed and you went to the military and all this good stuff. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes. Now that you're a grown man and you don't know who the heck you are. <laughs> oh, bless you. I really had a good life. I mean, I got in a lot of trouble, so my parents sent me away to school. I went to uh, Prairie High School in Alberta. Yeah. Alberta, Canada? And then, so you have to also mention, his, he, um, he was raised by a free Baptist minister, so he was the oldest son of a Baptist preacher, and he has ADHD that is really severe and was not diagnosed until he was in his 40s. And so these sweet, amazing, my grandparents, gentle, kind people were given this baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little hard to handle. They did the best they could. That was God's choice. It's okay. I'm going to say that's okay. I needed a strong hand. and They were uh, very strict. Mm. And um, I can sit through a whole worship service because I was required to as a child <laughs> when it was nearly impossible. I was, you know. Oh. I, but anyway, I, so I went to Prairie High School, mm-hmm. and uh, but in my senior year, I got expelled, <laughs> and uh, came back to the U.S. And I was halfway through my senior year, but I couldn't graduate because you had to have a year of American history. And of course, there were only one semester left. So I anyway. Uh, then I went away to Prairie to college and came home in December of with mononucleosis. And my draft board immediately made me 1A and I got drafted. So in <laughs> June of uh, 70, I went into the military. You went Marines? Army. Army. Very good. Yay. I got drafted into the Army and um, I went to basic training and advanced training, and then I got uh, selected for officer uh, officer candidate school. Very good, nice. congratulations! But they closed it down. Just they knew before you were I coming. <laughs> they knew you well, were coming. Well, they were drawing down in Vietnam, so oh, they, yes, they yes. closed it down. And they asked me where I wanted to go, and I went to Germany because excellent. I knew if I stayed in the U.S., I would uh, I could go to Vietnam and. Ninety-eight guys in my training unit. Ninety-six went to Vietnam, and uh, because I was selected for OCS, I didn't. Thank and um, but anyway, I got to Germany, and they had too many. I was a, a company clerk. They had too many, so I went around and looked for a job. And they needed court reporters at the JAG Corps. And they started me off OJT, and what is that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that again. Oh, uh, <laughs> on the job training. Thank you. Thank you. It's like working at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, and I'm then, learning a lot. And then, um, so I became a court reporter, and within a couple of years, I graded out as number one in the army. Oh. And then, so they gave me a direct uh, promotion to warrant officer. And Good. so I was a warrant officer in the JAG Corps. And that eventually, and while I was there, you have to say that. I had a lot of really interesting experiences. <laughs> yes. I went to North Korea with a negotiating team. Oh, my goodness. In oh. 1976, because I was probably the only guy in the Army. I had high clearance because I was, was a JAG officer, but I had court reporting skills. Awesome. So I became, I went on that negotiating team as the recorder. 
Was that during the Nix, during the... Um, I was 76. I don't know if you remember Operation uh, Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, We yep. had two officers killed on the DMC, yes. and we yes. renegotiated the joint yes. security area. So I was on that negotiating I grew up during team. that time, and my mother was military. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's why I was asking on, on that. So, yeah. And also, I had a two-pack-a-day smoking habit, and I needed to quit, and I quit at least 150 times. <laughs> well, good for you. That's so. what I said, good. Sometimes for as long as two weeks. And uh, so I started, I decided I couldn't run and smoke, so I started running. Excellent. I was in Germany then. Well, I didn't know I was going to be good at long-distance running, but mm. long story short, I won a trip after several marathons. I won a trip to Athens to run in the marathon in Athens. So I got to do What that. a life. I'm just listening to <laughs> yeah. all your... What yeah. a life. I'm just, yeah. Are you hearing that? So I've just been very Amazing. blessed because I've been so, able to... So you got married? Yes. <laughs> do you see how the blessings fall here? Oh, yes, yes. I can well, tell. Okay, you yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't always look that way because of course my not. It's a present to. wife and I both got married mm-hmm. the first week in 1970, but not to each other. Um, she got married in Kentucky, and I got married in Idaho. Oh, they got married to two different people. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we you were no both, switching on that one. That no, was we were okay. both in divorce uh, when we met in How's 1975 that? at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Fort and, Knox. you know, it, we should never have gotten married because we were both on the rebound from divorce. And we both had you know, all these un. Unfinished. Unresolved issues, but we did. <laughs> and we've hung in there for 48 years. Yep. Oh, my goodness. What July 18th was 40, 48 years. We 40, have six 80. children. That was my birthday. Don't you forget that. Either. Six mm-hmm. children and mm-hmm. 17 grandchildren. Congratulations. Six children and 17 grandbabies. Congratulations. So that's this young awesome. lady next to you, that's your daughter? She's actually, the, my oldest son is came with Teresa, so he's uh-huh. a stepson. But okay. Ther- Candy's my oldest and that's from... She's the one that made me a daddy. Mm-hmm. And wow. I'll never forget... She's a wonderful girl. ...the joy of wonderful. having her. I sat outside. Yes. I remember sitting outside the hospital at Reynolds Hospital in Fort Sill. In Fort Sill. Where she was born and crying 5 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And you just outed... <laughs> joy. You just outed me that I am not a native Texan. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So, so you finished your military. What did you do after that? Well... I went to uh, Christ for the Nations Institute. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's, then I became a, that's actually how we got here. To yeah, I came to Texas. To Texas. Were you the, the Christ of the Nations, the one that was in No Cliff on mm-hmm. 6th? Right. Mm-hmm. I did a couple and of then shows I was there. On, yeah. uh, it was a great place. I was on staff there as the managing editor of the magazine. Oh, wow. And Wonderful. then I went into uh, advertising printing and did that for 25 years. Wow. Yeah. You- you're listening to Alexandra and Friends. Uh, we are coming live to you today from the Honey of a Deal Boutique, who unfortunately they're getting ready to close the doors here in a few days. So please stop by and do a little bit of shopping. They've got to, uh, their, their journey starts in a different world. So thank you so much. So let me just uh, introduce your father one more time because I want <laughs> people to know his real name. Yes. I want him to know his real name. Yes. So this is Andy Perkins Robinson. And uh, he's my father. He founded Best Way, which is the organization in Liberia, West Africa, that I, I'm the executive director there. And we have been on a journey together. I want to go. <laughs> my dad actually and I are very close. And that was the other part of this whole thing is yeah. you can um, he, he struggled with not fitting in and talked about it our whole lives. Not in a bitter way, just in, no. as a joke. It was always a it was the punchline of a joke, and we didn't realize how serious it was until when I when I finally realized that he had been switched at birth and that our biological family was this other family. A lot of things started to make sense, and yeah. then a lot of healing started to take place. Oh no, go. that's there you go. that's that's right, right there. there. Yeah, first, yeah. <laughs> the Sunday, the January twenty third, that she and my daughter Liz came over to tell me. Um, they explained this to me, and I was like, "I, we tease each other a yes, lot. Yes, there's all kinds of along. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew this was some kind of going to be some kind of whammo joke. He was waiting for the prank. And she, um, 
said, would you like to see a picture of your mother at your age? I was 70. And she showed me a picture oh. of my mother at 70. And I have her profile. I have her hair. I knew instantly that I started crying. Did that was my mother. You showed me the picture. Is there any way you can pull out your phone just to let the audience see <laughs> this amazing? This I'm sure Michael I like, can I like for make Michael to put it on our, yeah, on our uh, website. Yeah, that'll Facebook. be good. Yes. That'll yes. be good. Yes. Yes. Because when he's getting ready to show you guys. It's exactly the, the face. The, 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 yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Watch this. Look at this. Yes. <laughs> That is God is so so powerful. Yeah, that is powerful. So, yeah, check please comments. check comments on Alexander and Friends. That mm-hmm. Our website is alexanderandfriends.com. Yes. Or alexanderandfriends.com on Facebook. We're also pretty soon, hopefully, to have a, a, a Twitter account and all the good stuff as we grow bigger, bigger. Right now, uh, just go to Alexander and Friends and su- subscribe to our podcast on any channel you listen to or or, or just subscribe on our on our podcast on alexandrafriends.com. So I want to come back for, for just a second. I want to go, I'm about accountability. <laughs> I have a problem. Michael always says that, you know, I have to get to the bottom of everything. And <laughs> well, this is a problem for me. I think we're like that, and we're yeah. very similar in that area. You know, and sometimes I worry about being too close to somebody because I want to get to the bottom of what they've got. <laughs> but I want to know where... What are the steps? So you've grown, you, you, you're married, mm-hmm. you have children. How do you explain to your grandchildren who you are or where you come from? Well, how, I, do you, how do you explain this to I'm yeah, the one who did that. Yeah, you're the one that much. does that. But you see, there's another family that got affected also. Yeah, yeah. And we got to, we, okay, so, so that's let the, me go I'm back to, to when yes. she showed me that. It, it was so much instant healing. Oh. It was like my... My relationship to the Perkins family, which is an absolutely wonderful family, but had always been a little tenuous, instantly healed. It was like, now I can be really close to them. Everything makes sense now. Everything everything makes makes sense. sense. I don't have to feel like I'm... There's something that somebody is withholding from me. That's right. That well, I'm I was going out, to say that. That I'm, that I'm out. That you're yes, out. Yes, that's right. All of a sudden I was in. And then, um, especially my sister Sally, I mean... She's the sister you always want. Yes. She fusses <laughs> over me and and takes care of me. Well, but um, you, well, you're an amazing gentleman. My problem I'm having is that I need, I, I want to go back and somewhere because lives change whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. This was was it the person that was working that night in that hospital? There's got to be records of who was there. Was it neglect? Yeah. Was it not? Maybe it was only two of you, but maybe there were three or four. Maybe the hospital is responsible because whether you, you know, you had a good life. What happened? Yeah, we don't know. We <laughs> think they're it was they look in the lawyers. The lawyers looking yeah, into that. Yeah. And we want to hear the story. We, we yes. believe yeah. it was accidental because they were overrun. Overrun. And That's the belief that we have, that we have in fact, chosen because we don't want to believe that somebody did we'll this. Do that. We'll do that. Yes. We don't know why anybody would we'll, do that. You yeah. know, they have these shows on TV, Switched at Birth, but those are... You know, criminal, criminal, yes. right, right, that right. People have done it on purpose, on for purpose, some exactly. Reason, but this was an accident. Reason. But still, we, to we want to believe. We want to believe well, that. We don't know. Yes, you don't know. We really don't. So you've got right now. You are going through, through, of course, legal issues and all this stuff. Do we eventually? Uh, and and I think we will. Uh, do we have a book in the uh, in the <laughs> mix? Uh, I, I think from there Candy, will be a book at some point for uh, sure. And you're going to work on it, right, Candy? Yes. And we're going to be part of it, right? <laughs> right. Because I think it's so important to, you know, when I started Alexandra France, I wanted to bring the stories of the people. Every imagine this story. You're you're going to pull up your your uh, podcast and you're going to listen to the story and they're going to go. Wow, you know, it's, it's your story. Everybody has a story. And oh, sometimes yes. One of the things that I decided to do was I wanted to bring those stories live. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be, people to understand how Mr. Vu and Mr. Jolly and uh, uh, Mayor Branson, how they got to where they are today and why they're there. And to me, those stories mean so much. And when, and Marcelle, her story, her books, I, what I want to see is that you, as, because our world today our histories are being wiped out. But if you don't write that history and you don't put down what you went yes. through, then 
somebody else in your lifetime, how do they go about it? How do they find out? What do they do? What, where do you put all the, the answers? And to me, everything has to have an answer. And I'm glad you've got an attorney, and I'm glad that you're going through this because whether you like it or not, your real mother and his real mother were the ones that suffered more Absolutely. than anybody else. Yeah. Because that was their product of their mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. They carried Can you, you imagine? for nine yeah. months. months. That's I see it right there. You know, and <laughs> I'm, I'm a pro-lifer, right so, so I have to look at these things this way. So so now um, with your children or growing up, and I know Candy and you're so active. So so then you you went to work and then you retired. When did you start your organization in Liberia? Well, I went over. And what made you do that? Yeah, <laughs> I went over on a, a kind of a lark to uh, see what it was like to be in a country in civil war. I know everybody thinks I'm crazy, but anyway, that's what I did. And oh, me too, I, so being over there, I fell in love with the people. I don't think you're crazy. The people of Liberia <laughs> are just, you yeah, know, I don't Liberia, think you're crazy. if you know anything about it, was found by freed American slaves. I heard Someone that from you. And, and yes. Yeah. In the 1820s and 1830s, about 7,500 went over awesome. to found it. the country of Liberia, and it became uh, a uh, republic on July 26, 1847. The first five presidents of Liberia were born in the United States. Mm, interesting. Wow. They were freed blacks that went over. Thank God. On, and, Thank God. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So Liberia is the only sub-Saharan African country. When you say sub-Saharan, you're really saying black African country. Absolutely. Uh, north of the Sahara mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is uh, Muslim or Arab. Arab, Arab I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but it's the only black Af African country that was not a... a uh, Part of a European uh, country. country. There was never was colonized. Not a colony. There was not colonized. I had a very fun conversation with one of our Liberian board members about why was Liberia never colonized by any? And mm -hmm. they definitely tried. What did they say? Yeah. Other uh, European countries wanted to yeah, colonize. Yeah, and, and there was two reasons. One was that there were a lot of um, it was there was a lot of malaria. It was a very yeah. swampy region, but yeah. also the tribes there were so fierce. Um, the Belgians tried and, and some other um, European powers, but they were never able to maintain a foothold in Liberia. So ultimately it was uh, negotiated with the British and the Americans um, mm -hmm. with King John of the Bassa tribe who wanted slavery to stop Amen. in Amen. that area. Amen. So you're you're you sound like you're a, a man of the world, and you and you, <laughs> this, and you, you I would took, say so. <laughs> yeah, you took a little piece of the world and made it happen. So you went to Liberia, and how did you uh, get involved with the organization that you are that you started? How what what was it? What passion was okay, it? Okay, so I was with another organization doing economic development in Liberia, but they closed that program down in two thousand four. Mm -hmm. But I just had Liberia in my heart. Come on now. And um, so 2005 yeah. is kind of a bookend. You actually have to. T there, okay. So there's a reason why uh, we always joke that my dad is the most interesting man in the world. He is. He is. He oh, my has, God. And that's yes, before the switch to birth thing even happened. Because in 2004, he was diagnosed January with, 2005 with cancer. Stage four cancer. Oh, did you my, say stage, stage four? four. I'm told to get my affairs in order. Oh, oh my God. You December, didn't have no affairs, did you? December 2005, <laughs> I was in total remission. I have been for God, 18 God is good. Years. Oh, yeah. God. So I didn't get to, yeah. well, but they quit this program in 2004, and then I was going to go back to Liberia, and then I got cancer. <laughs> but in February of 2006, I went over, and while I was there, I witnessed the really terrible exploitation of children mm. um, who were uh, malnourished mm -hmm, and on mm -hmm. the streets trying mm -hmm. to get something to eat. Mm. God. And I just felt like I had to do something about that. And in January or in March, yes, no, I'm sorry, May of 2008, 
we started a feeding program for these malnourished children. Children. Mm -hmm. When I saw this event, I asked my friend Daniel about it, and he said there are hundreds of these children on the street trying to find food. And, of course, there's there's really no garbage because there's just everybody's practically starving. My Lord. And... um, so he said they're molested and oh. abused, you know. Thank God for him. And God. so we started with 150 kids in May of 2008. Man, I mean, we had other programs. I mean, 2008. You said 2008, not <laughs> 1971. No, it took two years. You know, you said 2008, and we still have all those things going on. Oh, yeah. And... um so we started with 150 kids. Yeah. And what is it that you started? Feeding the every feeding. day. Just the feeding. Just the feeding. That's every good. Day. Did you have people bringing in, um, you know, different um, products all, or lo- the food all from food. all? Okay, it was all local. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our purchases of food are fairly massive. Yeah. It helps a lot of local farmers. Gotcha. Because Excellent. now we're using over 2,000 kilos a month oh my gosh. of rice, close to 5,000 pounds of rice a month. And um, I mean, just rice, you yeah. know, well, not counting everything food. else. So yeah. can, can you tell us exactly what the name of the organization is? What Best is it way. that it conducts? What, what, how can people get hold of you yeah. and Candy, how we can support you and raise funds and also, how from here, from the United States, how do you run it there? Okay. Yeah. Can you tell okay, us a little sure. bit about that? <laughs> it's Best Way, B-E-S-T-W-A. It's That's like Best that. Way, but without the Y. No yeah, y. okay. And that's B-E-S-T-W-A dot org, O-R-G. B-E-S-T-W-A dot org. It stands for Building Everyone's Success Together in West Africa. Excellent. So, um, we've have about 1,300 children now that we feed. We also provide medical care for them. And, um, you know, just aside, the children that we serve are from ages 3 to 15. Mm. And in Liberia, first of all, it's one of the poorest countries in the world, and we're working with the poorest of the poor. And these children have up to a 50% um, death rate between 3 and 15 of these ones that are malnourished like this. And so, you know, not only do we have 1,300 children, these children have been going through now uh, for 15 years. So we've never been able to put an exact number on it because there's always churn. But every year, several hundred of these children leave our program, and several hundred new ones come in. Do you, is and there any way been, you can sponsor one? Can you sponsor? Mm-hmm, can yeah. I go through mm-hmm. you and sponsor? Absolutely. You can sponsor a child for $31 a month. Okay. And you can do that at our website, bestway.org, and you can do forward slash give. And Michael will put that in the comments also. The other thing about it is that doesn't just provide for food because the longer we worked there in Liberia, the more we saw how all of these things are interconnected. Because when we first started with 150 children back in 2008, we had, what, how many, 19? We had 18 deaths in the first eight months. In the months. first eight months. Maybe it was 19. In right. the first eight months that we from May to December of 2008. Yeah. So we started a program of... You know, because I didn't know that would be a problem. You can't just exactly. feed. If you have yes. a starving I mean, child, I just you can't went just into yes. something. Yes. I just went in, and <laughs> yeah. then we just did yeah. whatever yeah. we had what to do to do. make yes. it yes. work. What right. you yes. And so we started sending them to the clinic. Well, the, we still had 14 deaths the next year. And when I went over and talked to the staff, they were upset that I would, wanted to send these children, I gave them four reasons why they would send a child to the clinic. If they had a fever, if they didn't eat that day, you know, if they stayed home sick. Anyway, 
And they were upset with me. They said, most of those children don't need to go to the clinic. Well, when do they? I, I used to tell them, treat these treat children them like your own, like kids. Your own children. Your own. Yes. Well, they treated them like their own children. When would they send them to the clinic? If they thought they were going to die. Right. Well, well, then it's too late. Yeah. But anyway, our staff has understood, you know, because to me, we, by the way, we still pay this clinic $10 each. For a child, child. for treatment. And for for me, I'd rather send 10, nine of them not needing to go, and one needing, Mm -hmm. pay $100 for that one. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. of course, that is rich man talk, okay? (laughs) When you're Mm. so poor, you're almost starving. Starving, That's just not a... Not something, So we've had to really train our people, and And they're really great about it. In the last six or seven years, we've had one or two... It's actually yes. been over seven years now. We have had two deaths in the last seven I'll years. I was going to ask God. that. Yeah. Out of fact, that is in fact, in those cases, they Love were it. kept home and not sent to the clinic mm-hmm. when they should have been. Right. We got you. You know. Is it so because it they had a uh, far, you know, uh, I mean, the walk was so far. What do you think no. it was? What like, happens was? really sadly, a lot of these children are not living with the, the parents that they were born oh, to. Oh, okay. Okay. So a lot of children, in Liberia, children are not treated as having any value, generally. Yeah. Um, they are there as a commodity to use for free mm. labor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or whatever form that takes. Um, and so some of these children have caretakers. If that a caretaker gets up in the morning and the child is sick, the caretaker's out of the house. They're trying to hustle and make some money so they can all stay alive. And so in one of those cases, it was a child who was left home for two days and not we were not alerted that she was sick. And then by the time um, and I don't think that that mother, she she was doing her best. Um, It it was very devastating when her daughter died. We spent a whole week of uh, having her undergo medical treatment in the capital city. And the doctor was just not able to. uh, She had complicated malaria that eventually took her life. The other child that we lost was last November, right, on Thanksgiving Day. And he actually had, we're not sure, um, I have theories, but I, I mean, there's no way to prove. I think that he ingested, ingested something, and it eventually caused organ failure. But we were treating him for over a month to try and resolve the problem, and it, it, he eventually I mean, it could died. have been a battery or, or something, yeah, we something don't know. like that. Okay. So, so I want to go back here. So now you're organization is local in the United States. Well, can you tell us exactly how it works? <laughs> yeah. How do you operate? How often do you go? Yeah. So we actually have all Liberian staff and we, act, we now have 42 staff. They are all working there in Liberia. And then we run the American side of things. It's my dad and myself here in Grand Prairie, Texas. And we've tried to give them as much freedom as possible to make decisions so that things can be addressed quickly, especially medical care. And um, we actually have our own nurse now that we hired from one awesome. of our scholarship graduates in 2021. And he's been amazing because he has the authority. Um, there used to be a system in place where they had to contact us. And because of the time difference, it was hard to make quick mm-hmm. decisions. But we have empowered Nurse Sam and he's doing amazing things, especially when it comes to treating the children when they get sick. And the other big area that he works in is our pregnancy support network. Yeah, let me uh, just talk about the pregnancy support (laughs) network for a minute. This is something that was an initiative of Candy's. And um, she's amazing. She can clean up for me after I get done. Uh, (laughs) She does that often. Basically, doing clean birth kits, which uh, they fit in a one gallon Ziploc bag. It's actually a quart quart bag. A quart bag. Um, and is saving lives. Thank God. And then she started a program. Um, Liberia has the second highest maternal mortality rate and the fourth highest infant mortality rate in the world. And where we lit work in Buchanan and Grand Bassa uh, was the worst in Liberia. Well, the, we were informed that... Candy's programs are changing the statistics. Oh my gosh! For that area, and um, one of the things she does is, uh, women come to the hospital, and if they have no family and no one to help financially, they can't get help. 
because um, the hospital has nothing. They They're not mean anything. people. They have nothing. They're doing the best they can. Yeah. I mean, th- there's nothing to help somebody with. And so sometimes these women are in uh, protracted labor. Mm. And uh, anyway, Candy and Sam have saved the lives of just this year of 27 women Ooh. that would otherwise, they would be absolutely dead. I mean, they were, it, it, you know, they were usually nice. given a C-section last minute. Right. And you have live babies and mamas. Oh, and, my gosh. Um, it, and it's just such an amazing thing yeah. that so what, Candy did. One of the things Go that ahead, is incredible Candy. to me, the, the, the nurses and doctors at this hospital are working with literally nothing. They have nothing. Um, they're there. A lot of them haven't been paid in six months. And so when you come to the hospital for treatment, you bring absolutely everything with you. If you need an IV, you get a piece of paper from the doctor that has instructions, and your family member goes to the, a pharmacy and buys the needle, buys the little band they tie around your arm, buys the tubing, oh, buys the medication. Me. They don't have it there. And so there are a lot of women who they'll birth at home because they don't have the means. And if it goes really, really wrong... Their family members will put them in a wheelbarrow or put them in on a motorbike or put them on a boat across four rivers. And um, they'll take them to this hospital. And if they don't have the money for an emergency seat, that's $150 for a C-section. And so what ends up happening is if they can't take care of them there at that hospital, they refer them to the capital city for quote unquote free treatment which is a two and a half hour taxi ride costing 15 or $20. They don't have it. So what happens is Sam will get in touch with me and say, here's this mom. She's 27 years. We had one last week. There was a 27 year old woman there in the hospital. He said, this is her second time having a baby. She already lost her first baby. He said it, it really touched me. He said, we, she really needs this baby. And she had been referred out to the main hospital. She couldn't go. She didn't even have the money to be 150 for that surgery. Um, we were able to get her C-section, and now she has a little son. Oh, oh, thank yeah. God. Well, well, this has been a great program. Beautiful. Listen, this is the beginning program because oh. I want to come back eventually beautiful. another and do a second on Liberia. Please. We will. <laughs> and we'll, Candy, and I want to tell you the first one we did, you touched my heart. Yeah, Very, you touched my heart. This is amazing. And I remember those little plates you brought that the kids made. made? I would love to have. And I remember giving one a young lady here one, and we have pictures I, I, on it. I and and I want to come back and 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 visit that. Mm-hmm. And I want to visit it. But the main thing today, this was about your dad and, yeah. and, and <laughs> God. We, we can stop the time. tears from his <laughs> and, testimony of what he's yes, done. And, and I think the reason. And I'm going to say this because you were raised in a Baptist home with Baptist families that believed in God that opened a lot of your heart mm-hmm. to do what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm so glad about that. But having said all this, I want to bring back both of you and talk about Liberia and see what we can do to make a difference in Liberia. Because when I first met Candy, I mean, I was shocked. Michael <laughs> said she's amazing. And I was, but today as we sit here and we go through a journey of, of a father that yes. was raised in a different world with us. Yes. And here we're sitting together, and I think we can make something is happen. It, yes. Is there any way, that, uh, Michael, that we can keep his information on our podcast? And we just keep it so a people can also. a link so they can just keep donating Absolutely. and we can get it to Andy and um, Candy, you know, just keep it on the podcast. We, we will. And not only on the podcast, but on the website. On the website. That's what I mean. Thank and you. We also, just, so wanna, they can just yes, continue to yes. give and, and give. And continue this journey and see what we yeah. can do here yeah. for the organization. Because since you're local, we can have a fundraiser. We can do something. But yes. also maybe, and Michael told me the stories, so many stories, but I'd like to see that we... Uh, we, we have so much in this country that we're so grateful with. Absolutely. That I think it's time that we maybe give a little to another and maybe invite those people to understand us and maybe one day even have an open uh, center that we can talk to them, whichever we need to do. But I'd like to have this conversation come back mm-hmm. on another show. 
more deeper, and I like to do it at their location. Up in <laughs> you're in you're in Weatherford, right? No, we're in Grand Prairie. In Grand, Grand Prairie. Actually, both work out of our houses, so we'll just <laughs> have to come over to Grand Prairie and do something where we're close because we want to awesome. hear more we about can find Best you Way. A spot. Yeah. I know. Well, we we find spots very easy. So. Very easy. Yes. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I know we're coming to an end of a oh, very man. powerful day, and. and we didn't even get to the point. There's so there's so much, and let me let me wrap it up this way. Okay, um, because I've had about three years now to reflect, and I was talking to my biological aunt because I didn't even talk about how we got to meet our biological family. And this whole journey, when I f- figured this out, was one of the most terrifying moments of my entire life. And part of that is because I love my dad and I love my grandmother so much, and I was so worried this was going to be devastating and break their hearts, and I didn't want that. Um, but God really said to me because there was so much prayer involved in this whole thing on my part. I was asking God for four years to show me what happened, help me understand what happened so that I can answer this question. And God revealed that to me. Eventually all the pieces came together, but it all just comes back down to love. Um, Say that again. It, it all comes down to love because it was driven by love for my grandmother. I was driven for love for my dad. And I think that love drove my dad too, trying to feel complete and whole. And um, he was seeking that. He was seeking a way, a place where he belonged. And I know when he went to Liberia for the first time, he felt like he, he was coming home. Isn't and that so, something? I've know, always felt that way in yeah. Liberia, like I was home. Right. Mm. And so it all just comes back to love, the love that God has for us. And he's given to us. so much mercy poured out on him through all the twists and turns of his life. So much love poured out on us by our non-biological family, by a biological family. And then we, in turn, then have a lot of love to give to others. This is a great way to close our show, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, what else can we ask for? Mr. Mr. Perkins Robinson? Mr. Robinson Perkins? Mr. Andy. (laughs) Mr. Andy. Andy. Great veteran. Thank you so much for your service, number one. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time because I know you're very busy. Michael's been trying to get for I know it's been hilarious. Comedy of errors getting both of us here. That's okay. (laughs) But thank you so much for, first of all, for your service. Number two, for Liberia because very few people would take that step to go there and save lives. And you've done it with love and care. And it looks like you continue to do it. When is your when is your next trip? Do you know? We don't. I don't <laughs> no. know. We we've been discussing <laughs> we actually that. Were uh, talking about October that on the way is here. Uh, uh, national elections, and there is some unrest. We well, usually on. avoid it, the area. So we'll avoid <laughs> until okay. the elections okay. over, yes. and maybe in okay. in uh, November. In but, November. You know, for me, as someone who founded an organization, and I went through a period of time in. Uh, 2014 and 15, where I felt like if anything happened to me, this organization will die because we it was all somebody to really, doing really everything. run it. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel young, but I'm not getting any younger. And uh, <laughs> to have Candy, and she's been involved since day one. Well, I know we we talked about that. Yes, yes, but to have her become the executive director, which we didn't do till January of 2019. Um, but she, I knew she would do a good job <laughs> and she has, uh, She's completely amazing. outdone any expectation I had. Um, and, but to have your daughter pick up it, not the job, the love, pick up the love and the, and the vision. There this. you go. That's the word right there. The vision. A huge blessing. In That's my right. Life. Well, mm-hmm. it's the vision. I, I hate to have to cut this today <laughs> because it's been powerful. First of all, I want to thank Michael Clark for being the greatest podcast, uh, the greatest you. producer. Yes. And he's yes. the one that made this show possible yes. from the Always. beginning a year ago when, mm-hmm. when I first met you two years ago. That's number one. Number two, thank you. And keep us updated on what mm-hmm. the attorneys are saying. We want to. Uh, Elena Glassman's here today, and I want her to discuss with you. She's got a great she, between her and uh, Marcel about a, a get her a book. good agent for yeah, a book. Her, you yeah, must she had, write yes. the stories. <laughs> yes, you know, if we don't write stories, we wouldn't have the Bible. That's true. okay. We would not have the we would not have a Bible if people did not write the story. If God did not write the story, so this story has to be written. And you need to write about Liberia. You need to talk about it. And we need to make a difference. Because if we don't, 
nobody else will. And we're going to make sure that our, our website and our Facebook and whatever uh, things that we do in the future, Candy, I want you to stay with us. I yes. want you to keep this organization together. I want Michael keep to keep us updated. updated. Yeah. And uh, is there anything you want to close with, sir? No, just thank you so much for having us. Yes. You've been just delightful. Both of you. Oh, well, you too. It's wonderful Andy. meeting you, you too, both. Michael. Thank you it's for just wrapping a love us fest up. Here. Thank you, it is. <laughs> thank, yeah. you. thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Marshall, it was a great pleasure seeing you again today. Until oh. the next one, we will be uh, coming together. On, uh, I'm so high. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, don't come up to me. I'm, I'm going to tell you about some Jesus, okay? Because <laughs> this right here, I'm too high right now. You are amazing. We're going to take a break for just a second. We'll be right back. And thank you so much. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, August. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, we're go- just real quick. Thank you for listening to Alexandra Friends. Yeah, uh, Alexandra Friends six, um, podcast. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just it's it's so, I'm so emotional. Me too. I'm but so uh, we are going to, to go ahead and take off the month of August so that all of us can have a little time to recoup. Hopefully, in uh, September, we'll have our new studio coming up, and we'll have more things to talk to you about and more expansion. And Marshall and young and um. Michael and I will be letting you all know what our next, we want to grow bigger and bigger. So thank you so much for listening to Alexandra and friends. And yes. Thank you so much. What thank you for coming together. We, and, yes. and thank you for making us cry on the show. Yes. Yes. My pleasure. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening. A wonderful thank you for Alexandra and friends and thank Michael you. Clark. Thank you for a great production. Drink your water, everybody. Drink your water. <laughs>